Talking a little hockey today on KDKA, seven minutes past four o'clock on the Rick Dayton Show. You want to jump in and be part of the conversation? Well, you're going to have to wait a little while because we've got a guest on the phone right now joining us on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline is Jaden Lindo. He is head of community hockey programs for the Pittsburgh Penguins Foundation. Jaden, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am very well. Hey, when you had your name called by the Pittsburgh Penguins, you were drafted by the club. Take us through that day. What was that day like for you? Yeah, it was an absolute honor. Uh, back in 2014, you know, a dream come true for someone who's been working towards uh, it for his whole life. I mean, being my name, hearing my name called was unbelievable, especially by such a prestige um, organization, not just in hockey, but all around sports and entertainment. Um, it was an absolute dream come true, and being being able to come down here and experience, you know, main main camp, development camp, rookie camp is a memory I'll definitely cherish for my entire life. Obviously, having grown up in Canada, it is the national pastime there, and it still is. How much is it ingrained in all children there, regardless of whether they're red, yellow, green, black, blue, purple? How much is hockey a part of Canadian history? Yeah, hockey's hockey's our our sport up there. Uh, we definitely love our hockey. You know, uh, most kids, if not all kids, when they're young, they grow up watching the professionals on TV. And um, you know, it was easy for me being growing up in hockey, wanting to be a hockey player. I was surrounded by it my whole life, and uh, it's definitely our favorite sport. And we've been doing pretty good at it in the national stand. So uh, yeah, definitely big in Canada. Are Canadian teams having to do what the American and U.S. clubs are doing about community hockey programs and taking the game to the cities and things like that? Or is it just such a part of who you are and who your country is that it that it doesn't have to be done? No, I think it's a, a little bit of both. I think uh, hockey is definitely big in Canada, as you mentioned, but you know, uh, everywhere I think the entire hockey um, world is looking to grow the game and uh, I think in any aspect that they can, uh, we're going to put together uh, efforts to do so. So whether it's being in Canada, in, Amer- in America, down here in Pittsburgh with what we're doing, uh, we want to continue growing the game and helping to increase diversity within the game as well. Um, so as you mentioned, regardless of the race, color, gender, uh, religion, uh, hockey is a game for everyone, and we want to help provide a safe and uh, equal opportunity for all kids to play the game. David Morehouse, when announcing that you were named to this position as head of community hockey programs for the foundation, says, Jaden has deep hockey experience and a passion to bring more diversity into our game, just like the Penguins. We're thrilled to be able to bring him back to Pittsburgh and further our work to make our hockey diversity programming among the very best in the National Hockey League. What does diversity mean to you, Jaden? To hear those words from David Morehouse, what does that word diversity look like? What does it mean to you? I think it uh, encompasses everything I just mentioned. Uh, like I said, you know, making sure that everyone has a safe place to enter the game and play the game at its highest levels. You know, there's a lot of barriers in, that pertain to the game of hockey, uh, when it, when, whether it comes down to, you know, physical, financial, um, et cetera. And what we want to do is help remove all those barriers so that everyone can experience the beautiful game of hockey and, you know, enjoy it as all, uh, not just as highest levels, but at every level within the game. So as you've been taking it out to the streets of Pittsburgh, if you will, community rec centers have been uh, some of the areas, including today, taking one to the Ammon Recreation Center. What exactly, what exactly does that entail? When you go out and you've done this in the community and things like that, tell us what you're doing with the kids, for the kids, for those community centers. Yeah, so the Pittsburgh Penguins have uh, partnered with City Parks, and what we've been doing is going out to, you know, downtown local recreational centers and 
introducing the game of hockey to um, students at the after-school programs or students in the that uh, attend the recreational facility. So, you know, today we're at Ann and Rec Center and we have about 20 kids and we're going to be teaching them the basics of ball hockey um, inside one of their facilities. And through that program, we'll be leaving the, the equipment um, and facilities at the facility and the kids will have an opportunity to continue playing and developing the game. And we'll also be, you know, referring them about our Hunt Armory uh, uh activities that we have going on in the next following month um, our learn to skate program our learn to play program which can be found on our website for re- registration for learning to skate and learning to play the game of hockey so um, a lot of work going being involved within increasing um, and growing the game and uh, yeah definitely check out rec center city parks recreational um, social media for more information on upcoming events that we'll be having at those facilities. What do the kids say? When you hand them a hockey stick and they're saying, well, wait a second, what am I supposed to do with that? I mean, what do they say? What do they say to you? They're definitely excited. I mean, you know, kids kids want to learn. Kids want to play and have fun. And uh, that's what we want to see. You know, if kids are having fun, then they're going to want to continue to play the game. So if we can make a smile on, on the kid's face and help them fall in love with the game like, like so many of us have, then, you know, we're doing our job. And that's what we want to see within Pittsburgh. Do they know the rules? Um, so it it kind of varies. Uh, some kids have some uh, previous experience playing hockey, but for those, regardless of whether you have experience or not, we we want to start introducing the game at regardless of your experience. So um, we we teach them the rules as well, and uh, the kids can learn from there. Jaden Lindo joining us. He is head of community hockey programs for the Pittsburgh Penguins Foundation here on KDKA. Jaden, how about the transition? If kids start playing stick hockey, ball hockey, things like that inside, and then they want to go through a learn to skate, are the resources there if they don't have equipment? I mean, let's face it. You buy a new pair of gloves, it may be 100 bucks. You buy a pair of skates, it could be 400 bucks. I mean, you and I both know it can be really, really expensive. Are the resources there for those kids if they want to play and can't afford it? Yeah, the resources are, are definitely there, and that's the beauty of the programs that we're going to be providing. Um, the Learn to Skate and Learn to Play program, um, at, upon registration, um, kids that haven't entered the program already will be provided um, equipment um, upon their request. If they are not able to, you know, uh, obtain equipment on their own, and um, so those costs will be covered. And um, that's, that's an, just another aspect of what we're doing to help um, remove some of those barriers that families and individuals might be facing from entering the game. Any chance that you go down and you talk to them about your years as being MVP of the Queen's Cup and then playing for the Queen's University Gales and, and giving them some of those backstories? Is that going to be part of it too? Yeah, I'd definitely love to share my story. <laughs> and that's just the, the beauty of uh, my hockey journey is that I've gone down many aspects and it just shows how many areas there are to you know impact the game and be involved within the game. Um, whether it's coaching, scouting, working front office, um, or going to school and, you know, being able to attain an education. There's just so many benefits that come out of playing the game of hockey, and I'm definitely willing to share those experiences. Well, it shows you made it to the National Hockey League, even though it wasn't necessarily as a right winger like you maybe imagined back in 2014, but you're still <laughs> at the highest level of the game. Congratulations for that. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Glad to speak to you. We sure appreciate it. Jaden Lindo, manager of community hockey programs for the Pittsburgh Penguins Foundation. And again, they are continuing to take the game to the kids and make sure that they learn all about 
the National Hockey League and what is going on on and off the ice. Stick hockey, ball hockey, and, of course, ice hockey, too. Thanks to Jaden Lindo coming on here, head of community hockey programs. This uh, I, I want to correct something. I think I said it was a third one that they were doing today. Actually, one of them had to be uh, rescheduled because of a rain-out date, and they only had an outdoor facility for that one. So that one will be done in the future. Today's at uh, Ammon's the second event that they are doing here. Willie O'Ree Academy. Willie O'Ree, of course, the, the man who broke the color barrier in the National Hockey League. They continue to do things um, having to do with getting minorities involved in the game. And you know what? It's important to talk to somebody who is black. Jaden Linden, black hockey player, having grown up to get his perspective of what he went through in Canada and what his country thinks of it. And, you know, whether you are black, yellow, white, green, purple, blue, just like I said, you know, in that country of Canada, in that culture, kids played hockey. It's not necessarily that way here in the States. They're trying to change that. They're trying to make uh, uh, make it so that it's more affordable. They're trying to make it so that more people are are drawn to it and that places where it hasn't been played, that they can play the game. But again, it was great to have Jaden come on and, and talk about these sorts of things. And again, his road went from being a, a youth hockey player to then being a college hockey player, went to Queen's University in Kingston, uh, Ontario. He was captain of the team that won the uh, Americoy International Hockey Association Championship. I mean, he's really played at a very, very high level and was drafted by the Pens, I think 176th or something like that overall back in 2014. So he had an opportunity, 173rd, and he was a sixth-round pick. Uh, Five-year career in the Ontario Hockey League from 2012 to 2017 and, uh, and had an opportunity and then to play some college hockey as well. I think that's all anybody wants, right, is to have a chance to have an opportunity to do it. He had that chance, but not all kids do. So, you know, caps off to the Penguins for what they are doing, and the Penguins Foundation for footing that bill, for taking it out to taking learn-to-skate programs to places like the Hunt Armory that's being repurposed to give the game an opportunity uh, and kids an opportunity to learn the game there, and also taking it to rec centers. And you start to see, you know, all these different ranks that are outside ranks where players have a chance and kids have a chance to go and play stick hockey where all you need is a pair of tennis shoes and a hockey stick and a ball and a bunch of kids can go play that you don't have to have helmets you don't have to have gloves you don't have to have goal pads you don't have to worry about all of those other things that maybe you need to play ice hockey that you can do that outside and at least experience the game in that regard and if perhaps you learn the game there and you want to go somewhere else you want to do something else with it you can because the penguins are, are doing their part to try to take it to kids and try to take it out into the community. And, you know, the other thing that is is happening in, in terms of what Jaden has to do is that, you know, the Penguins Foundation is making sure that there is on-ice instruction for the Inclusion Creates a Quality Program, the ICE program that they call it. It's year-round introductory programming for Pittsburgh City residents, partnership with City Parks. That's what they're doing here today, and that'll be in about uh, an hour, hour and a half, about 6 o'clock, I think. Leading the Willie Rio Academy, a first-of-its-kind program providing not only social resources, but also off-season training and network opportunities for local black youth hockey players. So again, really, really impressive stuff that the Penguins continue to do to reach out and bring everybody into the game of hockey. This all on the same day also that uh, Sidney Crosby was announced that uh, he has coronavirus, has uh, tested positive, and Brian Dumlin, I think, was the other one who tested positive uh, today as well. So a lot of things going on in the world of hockey here in the great city of Pittsburgh.
37 minutes past 4 o'clock. Rick Dayton show continuing on AM 1020 and 100.1 FM. Joined now by Ken Rice of KDK Television. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I I I, uh, I saw something today that I that I. It's sort of one of those things that that only might pop up on a social media trending sort of comment. Okay, and mm-hmm. this was a piece that was trending on Twitter today, saying that a number of drug users were hoping that they could get old school heroin back because the new stuff with this largely fentanyl, they say oftentimes ends up being problematic in a lot of people. And and I'm just thinking, wait a second, what world do we live in where people are saying, hey, bring back the old heroin. That's so much better than this new stuff that's out there. But again, somebody is actually a drug reporter for the agency that was reporting this. There is a drug editor for that particular operation as well. And again, it is a significant problem. I don't think anybody is questioning that. But again, what kind of alternate universe do we live in that that is the type of story that was trending earlier today? I mean, it just it's sort of one of those bizarre world things that you see and say, am I really reading this properly? You know, there have been occasions over the years where there is an especially lethal uh, type of drug on the streets. And, sure. you know, we, we interview police or drug counselors about it. And instead of uh, of addicts being afraid of it, Police and drug counselors have told us people tend to be more interested in it. Hmm. They want they want that more intense high. Interesting. Yeah, it's something that uh, is hard to understand unless you are struggling with addiction. Right. Uh, so right. this is this is sort of the opposite. Uh, that's a new one. I had not heard that. And that and the point what they were making is that simply hey if you know if this is in some cases pure fentanyl right it is a much more significant high if you will but yeah. it also means that people are hooked because the levels they use as their tolerances go up for it it makes it harder to wean them back off of that. And it just it's, uh, there's just a, a myriad of problems that are out there but again the opioid cycle that is there the addiction cycle that is there i think is just one of those that you just sort of you just sit back and you look at it you say this is just so so hard to imagine how are we going to finally fix this problem no i think it's incredibly sad and i think unless you have struggled through addiction Mm -hmm. uh, you really can't put yourself in the shoes of someone who has no Uh, i've learned that through reporting over the years unless you've walked that walk uh, it's it's very hard to uh, to imagine what that's like. Yeah, no question about that. Sidney Crosby, uh, that announcement came down today. Coronavirus uh, tested positive. Also, Brian Dumoulin testing positive for the Pens. They have had certainly their uh, fair share of headlines in that regard. And Aaron Rodgers has his fair share of those kind of headlines yeah. today. So sports making news today too, Ken. Uh, Mike Sullivan, the Pens head coach, he just seems to be uh, at a complete loss to explain it. He, you know, he said, we've done everything. We are taking all of the steps to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. And here they are with, with Crosby and Dumoulin. Latang and Russ just came back uh, from the, the COVID protocol. They've had eight players test positive in the last five weeks. You know what else is weird? You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. What about the New York Giants? <laughs> So they had 13 people. This is yesterday. They had 13 people, including some players, test positive yesterday. Today, they retested. Only one was positive. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I saw somebody mention the comment today. Why are we testing all these people? I mean, and, and I, I mean, I, I understand why we're testing it, but I, I think that you know, if the test yesterday was that, and the test today is something else, well, wait a second. And I'm not suggesting that you know that they're not testing with accurate means. I'm not suggesting well they need to try a different way, or they need to double test or triple test or or whatever. But again, just all of these scenarios that seem to be playing out so publicly. I mean, for everybody yeah. to see, it just it. It, it, it raises, I think, some level of skepticism that I'm not sure we need right now, if well, that that's makes why, any sense. Yeah, that's why I think we need a very clear, a crystal clear explanation from someone in authority right. explaining how did this happen with the Giants? Because you don't want people testing positive and saying to themselves, well, I'll probably be negative tomorrow. You know, that's what happened with those those giants. Those giants, players, right. right. Look, so yeah. yeah, there needs to be somebody shedding some light on this. I don't get it. I don't understand why that happens. I would love to hear the CDC or the FDA or UPMC or AHN explain how it happened and what should I conclude from that. Yeah, and the other question is simply, you know, what kind of test were they using? You would assume that the National Hockey League would be doing a PCR test, right? I mean, the, the supposed more accurate of yeah. those as opposed to a quick test or a swab yeah. or something like that, that they would be doing a PCR. But, again, we, we don't know. We simply do not know those things. And, you know, the National Football League, you know, they've been talking at the talking really, really tough at the beginning that if a player tests positive, is supposed to be vaccinated and things like that, forfeits. We're not hearing anything about forfeits in the the National Hockey League, despite 13 Giants, you know, yeah. when they played in the Monday night game last night, you know, are, are with those positive test results. And now Aaron Rodgers with whether he's vaccinated or not vaccinated. Well, is that, that's, curi that's curious, right? Because he's going to miss at least 10 days, mm -hmm. as I understand it, uh, because he is, I guess he's considered not vaccinated. That is correct. Even, even though his answer to the question when asked is that he's immunized. So he so what does that mean? Does that mean yeah. that he has had covid and he believes he's no longer at risk of getting it again? Um, what does it mean? Again, we need clarity. This right. is a situation where we need absolute clarity. Confusion only allows fear and, and misinformation to spread. It's and I'll bad. go ahead and say it, too, that if it was somebody other than Aaron Rodgers who was in this situation, do you think that person would still be in the National Hockey League right now or be suspended or be – you see what I'm saying? I mean, I just yes. I wonder, are they going to treat him with kid gloves because he is one of the faces of – the National Football League, not just the Packers, yeah. but the entire league. And I just wonder, Absolutely. are they going to do that? And if so, they, I think, are due whatever criticism anybody wants to level. I, that's just my my opinion. Yeah, I um, think it's, it's it's fair to wonder that, yeah. Yeah, I know those are some of the things that you're working on tonight. What are a couple other things you got coming up in the news at 5? Our political guru, uh, John Delano, did you see we let him out of the attic of politics I yesterday? have heard his name yeah. before, but yeah. I hadn't seen him publicly for quite some time. Very rare to see him <laughs> in, in the flesh, out of the attic. Yeah. Uh, I think he really enjoys getting out. I think but so, we, too. <laughs> we, really limit, we really limit his departure times. You should take um, him out of the cage more often. <laughs> he's back. He, it, it's great to have John here, but he's back today. But he'll be communicating with us via, via Zoom. Um, he's doing a wrap-up of the election. <clears throat> Pardon me. Not just uh, the historic win for Ed Ganey, first African-American elected mayor of Pittsburgh, but a big night for Republicans statewide when you look at the judicial races. Mm -hmm. So John's looking at uh, where turnout was higher, where where it was lower and uh, what it means for the midterm elections in uh, or next year. Republicans did very well in uh, yeah. Virginia, too. And so, I mean, there are some other places that are saying, hey, wait a second, what does this mean for the midterm elections as we get to 2022? And again, this is uh, just sort of the early steps in that whole process. So, Ken, look forward to seeing the news at the top of the hour. 
See you, Rick. Thank right. you. Thank you. Ken Rice joining us from KDK Television. Now, seven minutes till five o'clock. Rick Dayton with you on KDKA. Mean Joe Green coming up tomorrow. Yep, Steelers' first pick. That started the Steel Curtain movement. He is going to be our guest tomorrow right at the top of the show. Can't wait to have him on the program. Paul Alexander has been working and digging through his uh, annals of history to come up with some different questions that he would like to hear from me and Joe. And I've got a bunch that I can't wait to hear from uh, from the defensive star, the Hall of Famer as well. But he will be our guest tomorrow right here at the top of the show, 305 he will be with us. And you're saying, oh, man, I can't. We will podcast it. Don't worry. We will make sure that that is available in our podcast. You can always use the rewind feature. Maybe you don't even know what that is. If you go to kdkradio.com and then go to the rewind feature, it allows you to literally basically backtrack through the last 24 hours worth of material. So maybe you missed something on my show. You want to hear the Mean Joe Green interview? You can just back it right up there to 305 and boom, there it is. You'll have Mean Joe Green's interview right there. And of course, we'll do podcasts as well that if you want to download that you want to listen to it on the t on the way in the next morning that'll be available you can do it that way and you can also use the odyssey app if you're on the road you've got a bluetooth connection in your car you can use the odyssey app and listen to it right there even if you're driving across kansas tomorrow you'll be able to hear mean joe with us here on kdk so a lot of different ways for you to get the content that you want to have and don't forget we also have an audio visual capability if you want to watch what's happening in the studio right now Wave into the camera, live streaming, people watching the radio broadcast. You'll be able to see all those things as well by going to the audiovisual stream and be able to watch what's happening here in our studios at KDK. A lot of different ways to get the content you love and count on because we are the voice of Pittsburgh. It's